All right, welcome to another edition of Back and Forth with Blue Ridge Wealth. Uh, this is John Vandegrift, one of the owners and wealth planners here at Blue Ridge Wealth Planners, uh, joined as always by Zach Hill, the operations slash portfolio management slash coffee man <laughs> of Remedy Coffee. Zach yeah. loves the free publicity here. You I know. do. Uh, I like the multiple titles, too. I'm going to start adding to it. It's the only reason that people come to Remedy is this (laughs) marketing that you get for free. It's not the coffee. It's Yeah, it's it's just podcast audience. So, no, but uh, (laughs) thanks for joining us today. Uh, We are going to cover a topic that is very much um, thought to be one way, I would (laughs) say, and then we need to look at both sides of it, and that is, you know, real estate investing and whether that's a good idea or not. (laughs) So, you know, and and again, I said this disclaimer as we were getting ready to record here, you know, real estate is not as easy as it looks on HGTV. If you go into this thinking that you're going to have this thing fixed in 30 minutes, you can't (laughs) even buy a house in 30 minutes. So, you know, the the likelihood of you having very disappointed expectations are – it is right. very real there. So so what we want to do is talk over both sides of an asset class that I think generally speaking, most people would say, oh, yeah, real estate always makes money. Yep. But there are ways to screw it up and there are things to be aware of. And so we yeah. want to just have an open discussion here and talk about both sides as we do each time that we do this <laughs> podcast. So, Yeah. And so when we uh, talk about real estate investing, there's a lot of different ways to invest in real estate. Uh, You can either go direct and actually go out and buy a piece of property, whether it's land or um, like we said, a rental house or something like that. Or you can invest in a real estate investment trust, which we'll refer to as REITs on the podcast. Uh, And so speaking of those two categories, there are obviously pros and cons of each of those. And so I'll kind of talk about some of that here. And the first one I want to talk about is just uh, real estate directly. And so uh, investing in real estate directly, like you said, is something people will watch HGTV and think, oh, that's great. I want to go out and buy a rental house right now. But that's just not really how it works at all. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is just the fees associated with that. When we talk about investments, we always talk about the fees. Well, you know, everybody you know, wants the lowest fee possible, highest return, because you know, that's just how what we want. Um, and so that's the way markets have moved as far as public investment products as we've seen mutual fund expense ratios and things come down. So how does that even remotely apply to real estate? Well, if you go directly buy um, a rental house, let's say, there are a lot of fees associated with that that you might not think about when you first think about buying a rental house. And so um, when you do that, you're going to need a real estate agent more than likely. If you use a real estate agent, they're going to take anywhere between four to eight percent of uh, whatever of uh, commission on whatever they yeah, get for both you. Sides, yeah, exactly. You know, you're gonna, both. Yeah. So um, it's, you know, you're going to eliminate some of your investment return right there paying real estate commission. Some other things that go alongside that is you're going to have property tax. Uh, uh, the average property tax in the U.S. is about 1% a year for properties. So that's, you know, that obviously varies on a state by state and county basis, but about 1% of the property value per year. So if you think about that, 1% expense ratio right there uh, right. every year. Um, so those are some of the things that we kind of know on the front end. The other thing that, uh, we know is if you're going to buy a rental house, you're going to have to do some, either some renovations, which is going to take some upfront investment, or if you want to keep that house and keep that rental property, there's going to be upkeep charges as well. So, cause you got your insurance and maintenance costs that you try to factor into each month's payment, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, that can be, 
that's somewhat discretionary based on what happens and what what things arise that you need to pay for. But that can, um, I mean, be anywhere from zero to 10, 15 percent, depending on the type of repair you have to do. Yeah. Uh, if you've owned a home, you know exactly right. the uh, exactly what I'm talking about there. You know, AC unit goes out. There's, you know, new AC unit probably on the hottest day of the year. Uh, yeah. Zach is so, speaking, yeah. speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah. So. But all of those things eat at their return. Sorry. Well, and I think, too, you know, that that's something to, to be aware of. If you're trying to branch into real estate, you know, there are so many things about a property that unless you know what you're doing, you can think it looks great on the surface and not realize mm-hmm. that the plumbing of this thing is completely terrible. Or, right. You know, they did it wrong or the electrical's out of code. Or, and you've got right. all these different issues where, you know, you may purchase this property and, you know, get it inspected, but sometimes the inspection's not going to break the wall and see that there's asbestos inside of it, you exactly. know, or, or something yeah. that could be a huge cost that you would have or mold that gets under the surface of something else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's so many different issues that they do show on the TV shows, but I don't think they probably show to the full extent <laughs> right. of some of the duds or losers of the... No, I think that's know. a great point. I could personal experience, first house I ever bought, past inspection of Flying Colors, um, I lo- I bought it in March and um, didn't I, I went and looked at it a bunch of times and you know great house uh, lived in it uh, moved in in April and then in May um, the AC started running a little bit longer than usual turns out none of the ductwork was put in right but oh, I didn't wow. know that because I looked at it in March so I had to rip out all the walls put in the ductwork it was I mean that w- it was about uh, 15 to 20% of what I had paid for the home all mm-hmm. at once right after I moved in, just because of what you said. Inspectors yeah. aren't ripping out the walls. So all those things eat into investment returns. And so those are yeah. fees. It's really easy to know what the fee of a mutual fund or an ETF is because they say it right on the front page of their website or whatever. Uh, you know, if you're talking to an advisor, they'll tell you what the fee of that fund is. But with right. real estate, that those fees can can be really high if you have a, you know, a bad uh, experience like that, or, you know, they still, you're going to have to pay property tax and things like that on an ongoing basis. And two, you're the, you're the person. So, you know, like with (laughs) an advisor or somebody else, they're telling you what the cost is where you're discovering the cost in this existing problem uh, that could be there. Yeah. Um, And so those are things that happen when you invest in real estate directly. Another thing is, some people do want to buy a house and then flip it and then do the renovations themselves. So one of the things to think about there is how much do you value your personal labor mm-hmm. and your time? So the amount of time that you spend on that, you need to value that into the investment return. Um, or the um, cost, obviously the cost of the repairs, but also the ultimate price that you're going to sell it for too. So there's a lot of, and those are all variable. I pulled uh, this data point just to show the home prices uh, in the U.S. So this is the Case-Shiller index for the last 20 years. And the average home price appreciation is 4% per year. Mm-hmm. So that varies dramatically. It was right. 15% pre-2008. I mean, in about 2006, 2007, that average was in the 15 to 20% range as we had a huge housing bubble and then it dropped and had uh, we had some house price depreciation during that time as well. But if yeah. you had bought a home in 2006 with the intent to do some renovations and sell it, and then you wanted to sell it in 2008, there was a point in time where you could have been selling it for 18% lower than what you paid for it just to get out from under it because it's, um, so those things, and 
So uh, if you think about that and you think we like to talk sometimes about best and worst case scenarios. So that that would be your worst case scenario, right? right. As you buy when home prices are increasing, thinking you're going to turn this thing around and flip it and sell it, then you're stuck with an illiquid asset, which I'll talk about in a minute, or, and it's worth, you know, 15 to 20% less than what you paid for it. Yeah. Um, so th- those things I think are, um, those are important to think about. And like I just said, illiquid asset, if you buy real estate directly, that is, that is something that you're looking at and saying, um, I mean, it's just takes a long time to buy a house. It takes a long time to buy a property. Yeah. You can be house rich and cash poor yeah. very quickly when you go right. that route because <laughs> it's hard to sell a property fast. Yeah. And, and usually with real estate, when you have to sell a property, you will not win. You know, right. it's just, it, it, you want the option to sell it at a price that you're wanting to have. Exactly. You know? So one of the things that covers a lot of those cons is to just buy a real estate investment trust. Mm-hmm. So you eliminate the real estate, you eliminate your personal cost of you don't, you're not the one paying property tax. You're not the one doing the renovations and you invest it in a company that does that. Yeah. And so um, some of the things I'm sure you'll talk about the pros in this, but some of the things you eliminate or some of the things with real estate investment trust, you eliminate certain cons, but you take on others. Yeah. The liquidity factor changes a little bit. If it's a public REIT, you can sell it on the open market. If it's a private REIT, you know you have to wait for that company to buy your shares back. So you still have some liquidity options there, but not nearly as many as if it was public. Um, but you, you know, there's pros and cons there. You don't have to sell sell a house directly using real estate agent, but you have to sell your your share in this real estate investment trust, which is, like I said, if it's public, it sh- it trades like a stock, or if it's private, it's uh, you have to wait for the company to buy it from you. Right. Um, so there's pros and cons with that too. Is you know the deeper we dive into this, there's yeah we all, could do several yeah. episodes yeah. just on different aspects of real estate. So every every time we take it to the next level, you know, you, there's just all kinds of different pros and cons. And so again, we I talked about we've talked about this multiple times, but the complexity of these investments sometimes can work against you. Yeah. As you dive into it, like we said, with home and re- what you have to repair, that's complex because you don't know what you're going to have to repair. With right. real estate investment trusts, there's another level of complexity because you have to study companies and then the companies and their properties and then whether they're public or private and all of these things that go Management into that. philosophies so, and exa- all that. Exactly. Too, so Not all REITs are the same, just like not all real estate opportunities are the same You know, right. when it comes to uh, kind of comparing different houses, different types of commercial properties, different right. areas, you know, so, but, but I think, you know, that that's a good rundown of things from the aspect of real estate is not an automatic win, you know, and, and we'll right. spend a little bit more time talking about maybe some comparison points just yeah. from like the REITs that we see versus where people are netting out with some properties today. Um, but, you know, it, it kind of like what we talked about with stocks needs to be something that is viewed with a longer lens than I think a lot of people have. Right. You know, there are some people that are very profitable in taking a property, doing the work themselves, being a realtor themselves, you know, and, and yeah. you know, turning that around. But that that's not the the normal. That's know. most of the time their profession. Right. And, yeah. and it's not a hobby. And, you know, somebody comes into town and does this real estate <laughs> seminar. It probably won't be as easy as they make it seem, you right. know, so which we've seen a lot of <laughs> situations where people have bought into that and and really 
pay the price. So, yeah. you know, as we look at that, we've talked about some of the negatives of real estate. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the positives of real estate, but then also what we can use to kind of measure how successful we are being. So uh, back with more uh, back and forth in just a second. In 1916, President Wilson passed a stimulus package that paid for the American efforts to end World War I. In 1933, President Roosevelt's New Deal ended the Great Depression. This is about to pass legislation, but will greatly ease the mortgage distress among the farmers and the homeowners of the nation. In 2020, President Trump's $2 trillion stimulus package is helping end the COVID-19 pandemic. The single biggest economic relief package in American history. Do you know what all these acts have in common? Taxes went up. Yes, they solved crises, but Americans paid for them with increased income taxes soon after. Move your money out of taxable accounts now before it's too late. At Blue Ridge Wealth Planners, we create comprehensive plans that include strategic movements between taxable and non-taxable accounts. To schedule your free virtual consultation or phone call with a wealth planner, visit us at planforeverything.com. That's planforeverything.com. Let us plan for everything so you don't have to. All right. Thanks for being with us today uh, with our back and forth episode talking about real estate, positives and negatives of it. And again, you know, what I'm going to share with you is probably what a lot of realtors want you to hear uh, is, you know, some of the positives of real estate. But also we want to look at some different evaluation metrics here, because as we look at it, there's a difference in a real estate investment being profitable and being worth it. You know, because I mean, profitable means I'm making a dollar more than what my expenses are. And that may be a lot of work because like if you have maybe the amount of money that you would put into a real estate property in the bank, hopefully you're making more than a dollar on it, Um, you know, or or maybe not even close, you know, returns there. But we've seen several instances where, you know, as you talked about a lot of the expenses and people not knowing what they're doing in that category, people being underwater very quickly where it's actually costing them money on a monthly basis to go this venture in real estate where they could avoid that problem almost exclusively by doing more of a simpler, more traditional investment mix, you know. So so as we talk about real estate, um, you know, and this applies to kind of land and houses, is simply the fact that there is a limited quality or limited quality, limited quantity of opportunities there. There's, you know, God made all the land that we have at one time. We can expose different things with trees, but once we get to the end of the earth, we've done it all. So it's then just a supply and demand problem. But we even have that before that place gets, or before we get to that place from the aspect of, you know, there are certain areas that you want to be in for whatever uh, type of residential real estate versus commercial real estate. And so as you look in those areas, we can see property values increase just from a supply shortage and a demand increase. Mm-hmm. You know, so so looking at that, that's what a lot of people recognize is that over your lifetime, you know, especially if you are of the elder population, you've seen real estate prices increase substantially over different decades oh, yeah. and over long periods of time and look at that and say, you know, over a long enough period of time, real estate should make money. And I would say, generally speaking, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very similar to stocks from the aspect of if you have a long enough time to see it through, you should have a positive return as long as, you know, the company doesn't go bankrupt that you're investing in. Just like in yeah. real estate, you should see a positive return as long as you can pay your mortgage rates off, you know, or avoid making a tremendous opportunity for somebody else. Right. Because, you know, with, unfortunately, as a result of 2008, but also 
maybe in some of what we're building now with you know housing prices going up and creating a, a substantial increase for people when they sell it is when you buy those properties you may be in a position where the monthly obligation you have becomes more than you can handle especially in a pandemic <laughs> time frame and so the bank forecloses on this house and then resells it to somebody at a much lower rate to cover their obligations. And that presents you with a pretty good opportunity to just do a few minor fixes and make a pretty good increase on a very short amount of time. And I think a lot of people look at that and they say, well, that makes total sense. That's what I want to do. But they don't realize how competitive that market is. You know, like the fact that a house makes it to a website like a Zillow or a Realtor.com most houses don't get that far because if it's a really good opportunity, a realtor may buy it before you ever see it, you know, so you've almost got to be uh, somebody on the inside there, you know, for lack of a better term, but you know, getting those properties before they ever go public. And if not, you're going to be in a bidding war with a lot of people that are taking that really good deal and decreasing it for you. Now it still may be profitable because again, the improvements that you make on the property, if you know what you're doing, whether it's, you know, the bathrooms and kitchens, which are usually the kind of money makers when you're doing remodeling. Uh, if you invest money in the right places, you can have a really good increase on it, but yeah. it's not a guarantee, you know, um, especially over a short window, which is what I think is worth cautioning people about. You can have, and we have, you know, lots of clients, lots of people that we have talked to that over periods of time have taken smaller amounts of money and built a pretty great situation when it comes to real estate, but it does take time. It does take patience. It does take um, a certain level of knowledge of Mm -hmm. what it is that you're looking for. Um, But especially, you know, with interest rates where they are right now, you know, we've talked about this, you know, it's a tremendous time to borrow money because, Interest rates are low, but that's also having an effect on raising prices on houses right. because of the demand there. So I think yeah. that's what this, we have to juggle. Is this, this has just been a crazy time for yeah. the housing market is we've seen unemployment go to its highest rate ever and home prices are up. Yeah. Pending home sales, uh, they were released today. So that's just, uh, there's a lot of different ways to measure home sales. There's uh, pending home sales are all the, the uh, homes that have had an accepted offer that you're just waiting on all the paperwork and the credit checks and things to come back on. And uh, they rose 16.6% last month. Right. That's crazy. We saw, I mean, we, like we've said this before, is the headline number was we had over 40 million people that have lost their jobs in the last six months. And home sales are shooting through the roof because right. of what we've talked about before is interest rates are down. Um, so more and more people are who have been able to keep their jobs or maybe even getting the federal unemployment who are, uh, getting that check every week are buying homes right now. And so home prices have actually been really great and home sales and everything, all the measures for the housing market have been stellar through the last three or four months. Well, and two, when you're forced to work from home, you start to realize whether you like your home or not. (laughs) Exactly. And then you may motivate you to sell. So yeah. Um, but yeah, people also need to realize too, when we talk about positives, yes, prices are going up and it is a seller's market, but if you sell your house, you got to buy one or, you know, rent or something so you can live. So you've got to have a place to lay your head at night, um, in that equation. And so the other thing that we want to look at with real estate is, you know, as we talk about positives, yes, the principal value goes up, you know, over time because of inflation and, you know, limited supplies over time. But also, if you have a property that you are not currently occupying, 
but you let someone rent it, you get a cash flow situation that's usually pretty good. And mm-hmm. and when we compare kind of rental incomes to other investment income sources in a property that you own, you should be able to get a higher than market uh payment on that compared to yeah. traditional investment options. It's just, if you know what you're doing with real estate, even when you take net of taxes and insurance and maintenance costs, you should be yeah. able to net a pretty good percentage because of the work that you're putting in yourself, but also the fact that you know in rental situations, you can charge a pretty good level of monthly demand for that and get it you know, for yeah. a reasonable property or a good property. So as we look at that, you know, sometimes you're not seeing all of it because as we look at net, sometimes people say net net, which is net of, <laughs> you know, taxes, expenses, but also net of mortgage. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't necessarily factor that in. If you've got a mortgage right. on it, you've got to factor that in your investment return. Um, but, you know, I'll use this as a litmus test. If if you're not in a position with real estate where you can get, I would say, a 5% uh, net to your pocket, and that can include your mortgage, that comes to you, you probably would benefit yourself investing your money somewhere else. <laughs> would you say that's fair? Right. No, I think that's completely I think fair. that's pretty conservative. That's, but that's I was uh, running the numbers on this earlier, and if you, right now, um, in Knoxville, a $200,000 house, a mortgage at 3% is going is to have a, just a straight mortgage payment of about $650, add $200 for insurance, $850, and then maybe another 10 to 20 percent. So let's call it a thousand dollars as your cost. The rental properties right now for a two hundred thousand dollar house, which is about thirteen hundred square foot, two three bedrooms, you can get anywhere from fifteen to sixteen hundred dollars a month right now. I was just yeah. kind of looking at the actual real estate market, right. and so right there you're getting. Let's say you get fifteen hundred dollars and you're paying a thousand dollars. That's a pretty healthy return if you if you do the work and the maintenance and that's yourself. Net of yeah. your mortgage. That's too. net mortgage, I mean, net insurance. That's I was trying to do is just actually what can you do and what can you get? Now, five hundred dollars a month is what you're is what you're gonna net. You wanna keep some of that around, like we said, for maintenance and things, yeah. but because I, I mean, in that, you, yeah. in that scenario, you're looking at a 3% return, but you're not factoring in the mortgage payment, which yeah. goes on top of that and makes it a much higher than oh, 3% return. So Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's where, you know, the attractiveness of real estate is that it is a super uh, good income producing asset mm-hmm. when you have the properties occupied. Yep. <laughs> you know, and that's a, a big, because again, the quality of tenant that you have is something that you've got to look out for but also the length of stay that the the tenants have, where if mm-hmm. you build in certain minimums that they have, you could have somebody that, you know, squats on your property. <laughs> you know, you may have issues with that too. Um, so, I mean, it's not always cut and dry. Plus, right. if you're the landlord, you've got the landlord responsibilities that you've got to deal with right. of the 2 a.m. Fo- toilet unclogging problems or, you know, fixing the (laughs) issues where somebody rents a space and doesn't respect it and the deposit wasn't high enough. So they just abuse the thing. It's a weird scenario where you're investing in real estate and real assets, but you also at some, on some level are investing in people too. Right. Because you have those people who are occupying your real, your real estate investment. So you want them to treat the property with respect and go through all that too. So that's another risk. And I think it's important to, to realize that you know what we see and what we're doing with people is we're having the conversation of you know somebody that has built a pretty sizable real estate investment you know from a mm-hmm. direct real estate investment and 
you know, you can bring in management companies to do that. That takes away from your net figure because you're obviously having mm. to share that with somebody else to manage the properties. That right. may be still a profitable way to do that. But some people just get tired of the hassle of it, you know. Right. And so, as you had mentioned before, sometimes that's where somebody likes the you know, experience of real estate, they transition having the real hard property they own themselves, selling that money and then transition that money to commercial real estate through the use of REITs where they can get the net income coming off of those properties and not have all the headache of everything that goes with it. You know, so, so as we look at that, it's really trying to um, determine what, what it is that you want to obligate yourself from, not just from a monetary standpoint, but from a time, from a, headache from a worry, you know, because again, like every investment has different implications in all four of those areas. Real estate, the the returns may be very well worth it, um, but it may not be what you're wanting, you know, and and it's, you know, sometimes when when people hear us say investing in real estate in retirement, you know, they say, well, I don't want to be a landlord now that I've spent my career doing something else. You don't have to. There are real estate opportunities that have Mm -hmm. upside potential, just like we talked about with both principle of the investment itself growing, but also the income coming in off of it that's available today. But again, you've got to understand that there's both sides of that equation that are very sensitive to the movement of real estate markets. Mm -hmm. Real estates over time should make you money, but there are times where we've seen substantial losses that we want to be aware of. There's definitely a trade-off in all of this. We talk about this with every investment is the risk return trade-off is every time you you know, if you don't want to be a landlord and you want to invest in a real in a real estate investment trust, then your return potential is probably not as extreme as if you bought a house for twenty thousand dollars that was decrepit down to the studs and rebuilt it and then sold it for ten times what you made. Right. That you know, but that's going to take a lot more of your work, and so there's a lot more risk involved in that. So the reward potential is, you know, could be a lot higher. But so you just trade off all of those things, and so like we said, I mean, real estate can oftentimes, if you want to be a landlord, that's a second job. So think about it like that. Think about this as a second job. And so do you want that in retirement or do you want to go the route of investing in a REIT and having managers do that or having managers do that for you? And so, yeah, because again, like we see it both ways. We've got some clients that have kind of their entire portfolio in real estate and that's the direction they go in. And again, that's one way of doing it. They Maybe are, that's a fun retirement job. Maybe. It keeps things interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we have some clients that kind of have a split between both, yeah. you know, and then we've got some people that make that transition over into more traditional options because they want to have the freedom to do different things and not the the obligation to whatever those properties are. So, you know, with this, if, if you understand real estate, if you're able to have an eye for what is a good property, what has problems and how to stay away from it. I think it's an area where you can be very successful um, and and make good money over time and build something with it that should over a period, a long period of time, make money. Mm -hmm. And then it's just about how you exit that and how you balance the liquidity needs that you may have somewhere else, you know? So, you know, as we look at it overall, I think both of us would probably look at the category of real estate and say, it can lend you a very positive experience more often than not, mm-hmm. but there are horror stories there. Yeah. So it is not a sure thing. You right. know, if you're looking for a silver bullet, a home run, <laughs> you got to learn more about what you're really trying to do here in this real estate venture and maybe get educated before you ever put a dollar yeah. in it. You know, I would say is yeah. maybe the best advice. Yeah, you we can't can get the extra return without the additional risk. Right. And, you know, I would say, 
the likelihood of you improving your return is directly related to the time that you're investing, not just in the work, but also in the education of it. Right. So, uh, so again, you know, real estate is a topic. We may venture into the world of REITs at some point, you know, <laughs> as its own episode, yeah. but I think, you know, we've done a pretty good job of taking a broad based look at real estate, the opportunities and risks that are there. And so, you know, if that's something that you want to entertain, you know, whether you do it yourself, find a realtor, go for it. If you, you know, I guess want more information on investment real estate from a traditional sense, that's some of the things that we look at. But, you know, again, until next time, hopefully you enjoyed this discussion of real estate. We look forward to going back and forth with other topics in the future. Investment advisory services offered through Blue Ridge Wealth Planners, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Madison Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, MAS, and Blue Ridge Wealth Planners are not affiliated companies.